incline your ear. The sound is about hearing. The Bible says, he who has ears, let him hear. The sound is all about hearing, hearing what God is saying. The sound, why is it called the sound? Because it's, we're talking about the sound above all the other sounds. My brother and sister-in-law owns uh, probably five or six radio stations. And whenever I'm going up towards Lewiston and Clarkston, we try to tap into one of their radio stations. And it's pretty cool because their radio station really is clear and amped up and it's like wow you just hit big country you know what i'm saying it 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 really you know you've tapped into that station or one of their stations a lot of times and so the sound is somewhat like that tapping into the voice of god above all the other sounds and all the other noises and all the other distractions that's around we like to take aside January to really focus on seeking God, seeking His kingdom. Helen, con- congratulations. I saw you yesterday. You, I was just crying in the back. UGM phase four. That was beautiful. Great job. But the sound is about that. So pray with me as we dive into this word tonight. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you haven't stopped speaking. Thank you that you want to speak tonight. You're the great creator. You're the great maker. Father, you're the one that's still speaking. I pray that you would even speak to us tonight through your word in a very very profound way. Open our hearts. I pray for, I just sense that there's a couple in here, a marriage couple that's struggling and some other folks struggling in their faith and maybe some people that's never even made a commitment to Christ. I pray you touch their hearts tonight in a beautiful fashion. Holy Spirit, have your way right now. In Jesus' name, we thank you for your presence. And everyone said, amen. amen. The sound is about hearing God's voice above all sounds. And he wants to speak to us. How many of you know that God didn't stop preaching? He didn't stop speaking. He didn't stop sharing with the canalization of the Bible. No, he did not. He wants to continue to speak. He's never stopped speaking. He wants to speak to us. The Bible says in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. God wants you to know his voice he wants you to know his voice different from your emotions different from your own voice your conscience and all those different things i found this scripture this week and it's just absolutely beautiful i really want you to hear the second part of this scripture that's going to be behind me isaiah 50 4 through 5 just just listen to this in my daily devotions i i, I read this and i thought wow how beautiful it says the lord has given me a the tongue of the learned, and that I should know how to speak. A word in season to him who is weary. Now listen to this. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord, God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. He's opened my ear. He's awakened my ear. Touch your neighbor on the ear and say, awaken. How is God speaking today in this day and time? God is speaking through His Holy Spirit. When Jesus left, He didn't leave us alone. He didn't leave us as orphans. 
He left his precious Holy Spirit. I want to just give you some scripture tonight on the Holy Spirit. Uh, It seems like the Holy Spirit is just like a tag sometimes in our lives. And I want to let you know the Holy Spirit is alive and well. He's with us tonight. He wants to fill you. He wants to touch your life. I want to share uh, some different scriptures on the Holy Spirit tonight. If you're not accustomed to the Holy Spirit, we love the Holy Spirit. He's with us right now. Listen to these scriptures. This is, this is the promise. Listen to the, the promise of the Father. John 7, 37 through 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up. He cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning, look, the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. They would receive. They had not received yet. They would receive for the Holy Spirit had not been given because Jesus had not been yet glorified. So when Jesus went up, the Holy Spirit came down. Now in the Old Testament, we see the Holy Spirit coming up on people and working through the Holy Spirit. But now as the church, the Holy Spirit resides in us. He's on us. He wants to fill you. He wants to empower you. Listen to this one. God works through His Holy Spirit. Acts 1, 1 through 2. The former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus, look at this, began. He began it. He began it both to do and to teach until the day in which He was taken up after He through the Holy Spirit. Everyone say, through the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Through the Holy Spirit. Look. It goes on to say, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. The Holy Spirit comes to this day, even in our lives, so that we can be empowered for witnessing, to, to be used by him. Look at Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, something absolutely changed inside of me in 1988 in this area of preaching, in the area of witnessing, and being uh, allowing God to use me. It's just something changes. Something changed in Peter. Peter went from being wishy-washy and kind of putting his foot in his mouth all the time and all over the place, I'll die for you, Jesus, or I'll be with you, I'll never leave you, and then all of a sudden you find uh, 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 Peter you know, fleeing and, 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 and doubting, and cocker cocker doo cocker cocker doo cocker cocker doo denying Jesus three times. But when the Holy Spirit came upon Peter, Peter preached, and look, 3,000 people were saved. I call it the Peter package. They were saved, they were water baptized, and they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Guess what was birthed? The New Testament. I'm sorry, the New Testament church was birthed. You're here today uh, because of uh, some of the things that Peter and some of the different disciples did. Uh, I'll read this one to you. Uh, This gentleman was waiting on the birth of Jesus. His name was Simeon because of the Holy Spirit. And it had been revealed out of Luke 2.26. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he seen the Lord Christ. And this older gentleman got to see Jesus as a little baby. The Holy Spirit leads us. Look at Luke 4.1. Then Jesus, look what he does. Being filled, the Holy Spirit fills us. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, 
Look what he did. Returned from the Jordan and was led. The Holy Spirit filled Jesus. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit talks about fire and power. Matthew 3.11, I indeed baptize you. John the Baptist says this. I indeed baptize you with water into repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you, look, look, look right here, with the Holy Spirit and fire. God wants the touch of power upon your life, especially in this day and time. All hell is releasing everything upon this world. Listen, let me tell you right now, God wants you to be filled with His Spirit, okay? He teaches us, Luke 12, 12, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in the very hour that you are to say. This is pertaining to some folks that were going to be brought up in front of uh, 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 some different ones, challenged in their speech, and Jesus is talking to them. The Holy Spirit is going to give you the words that you need in the day and time. He's given to us. Look at 11, Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? If you want the Holy Spirit, you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you asked. It's a powerful thing. I say that tonight because the Bible speaks of Holy Spirit spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts of the New Testament. And Paul speaks of these, and there's a whole lot of scriptures. And if you've been at Heart of the City Church, we don't tear scriptures out of the Bible. We don't tear verses out of the Bible. We look at the Bible. The Bible is flawless. It's the pure Word of God. We live it. We may not understand every total little aspect of it, but we do our best to understand it. We do our best to operate in it and let it flow through us and to learn it. And the Bible speaks of 25 gifts. Will you say that with me, 25? And I, we're not going to look up every one of these tonight, but I've got them out. If anybody ever wants my notes, I can email them to them, or, or Don can get them emailed, or we'll get them emailed to you. But there's 25 different gifts uh, of, of the Holy Spirit that uh, spiritual gifts, you could say of the Holy Spirit, they are of the Holy Spirit, they're of God, they're of Jesus, they're Trinity. But they're gifts of the Spirit that the Bible speaks of. If you look at that word of wisdom, I'm going to talk about that tonight. You're going to see the word of wisdom operating at the sound. There's a great possibility of that. You need to know what that is. Now, a lot of people go, well, Jay, oh, oh, gifts of the Holy Spirit, I'm not used to that. Well, don't freak out on things that's in the Bible just because you don't understand them. Okay, that's where you can get in trouble. The Holy Spirit was poured out upon, uh, upon the, the 120, and people began to freak out. They were mocking. They were all kinds of doing, doing crazy things. And it was because they didn't understand. Sometimes when we don't understand something, the first thing we want to do is mock it. Or, you know, I say, look at the Scriptures and learn about it. And I tell you, it's, 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 a, it's a beautiful thing. So you'll see words of knowledge. I'm going to hit on that tonight because you'll see uh, these, uh, this, this group of three. Great chance of them operating in the word of knowledge. Uh, faith, gifts of healing. That's a great possibility. You see gifts of healing. Uh, working of miracles. Prophecy. That's another one that I'll touch on tonight, the area of prophecy. What is that exactly? It's not a spooky word. Discerning of spirits tongues interpretation of tongues helping 
administration. I thank God for the gifts of administration. You know why? Because I'm not one. I can administrate, but I can also pull your teeth. But it wouldn't be my gift. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a dentist, but I can do it, but it's not what I like to do. So I can administrate, but it's kind of like pulling teeth. I love administrators because they're able to do so many beautiful things and they enjoy doing it and I don't understand why they like doing it, but it's amazing. Amazing. We need each other. The body of Christ needs one another. Ben, who Ben Tays over our finances, I mean, he loves numbers and I'm like, Ben, you really honestly like that? Oh, I love that. I love it. Uh, It just amazes me, the gifts of the body of Christ. How God, we need one another. And then we, we have uh, ministries of service, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy, uh, apostle, uh, apostleship or uh, evangelism, pastoral guidance, grace, willingness to face martyrdom, woo! Uh, intercession, hospitality, and last but not least. <laughs> Can anybody read that one? Praise God, that's not my gift. <laughs> I got wonderful children and a wonderful wife, and wow. I don't mean that in a weird way. I mean, it's just, it, it is some, some gifts. And, it's, and uh, I thank God for the body of Christ, just like the worship team, like Joe up there, Miller, running in the sound. You put me on that soundboard up there, can you imagine what would take place? Or nail PowerPoint. I mean, it's just amazing. I say that today because I want to read the scripture. That's 25 gifts. There's in 1 Corinthians 12, there's nine power gifts that are mentioned. And I, I want to read 1 Corinthians 12, a few, a few scriptures there. And I want you to go with me with that. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 12. And you're going to see some scriptures there, 1 through 11. And I want you to see from the very beginning something that Paul writes that I'm going to hit home pretty good here for a moment, okay? It says, you there? When you get there, just smile at me. I love all the rattling of the pages and all the iPads running to the Scriptures, all that. I can't hear those, but I can just imagine. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Smile at me if you're there. Good, good. Go with me tonight. This is more, I'm a preacher, but sometimes I put my teaching hat on, and and this is a little bit more of my teaching, even though I love doing both. I want you to see this. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. So imagine Paul speaking to you today. Instead of the church of Corinth, he's speaking to the church of Heart of the City Church. Brethren, I do not want you to look here. Be ignorant. Period. Paul emphasizes hey church of corinth i'm about to talk to you about gifts of the spirit and i don't want you to be ignorant of it what's that word ignorant mean it means not to know it means through lack of information or intelligence by implication but it also means this listen to this it means to ignore so you can be reading through the scriptures and go i don't really know that and i've never really seen that i'm just gonna going to go over that, going to kind of ignore that. 
God doesn't want us to ignore the most, some of the most powerful th- things in His Word. And, and this is one of them. Paul's, Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to ignore uh, the spiritual gifts. Then he starts talking about the nine, spirit, nine spiritual gifts in this uh, uh, section of the 11 Scriptures. It says, You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Then he does something very unique. He uses three scriptures, and he uses the Trinity. You're going to see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in these next scriptures. Why? I believe that he wants you to know that even though there's many gifts, there's one Spirit. There's one God. So he even uses the Trinity in these scriptures. Listen to what I'm talking about. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. So I've written, I've shared 25 gifts with you, but there's only one Spirit. And he goes on to say, there are difference of ministry, but the same Lord. So he talks about the Spirit. He talks about the Lord. And look what he says. And there are diversity of activities, but it is the same God who work in all in all. So you see the Trinity there. I think he does that to understand one Spirit, just like the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, separate but one. There's diversity, but still one. And it goes on to say, I love verse 7, it's beautiful. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one of you for profit of all. God wants you to be built up. How does He build you up? He builds you up through the gifts of other people, through the sound, through those who's coming, and it's a beautiful thing. He wants to profit all through the the gift that God gives you. My gift, your gift, it's not for, for you. It's to build up each other. It's to really encourage people around you. Are you with me tonight? Are you with me, okay? It goes on to say, for to one is given the, look at that, very first one there, Number one, uno, word of wisdom. We're going to touch on that. What is that, J-O? We're going to talk about that. Through the Spirit to another, oh, number two, word of knowledge. Through the same Spirit to another, faith by the same Spirit to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit to another, working of miracles to another. Here's another one I'm going to touch on tonight, prophecy to another, discerning of spirits to another, different kind of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. There's all kinds of gifts right here. You may be sitting in here tonight and may have been in church 20, 30 years. You may be new to Heart of the City Church and you're like, J.O., I don't even know. I didn't even know there was gifts. I don't even know the gifts I have. Well, you know what? That's another beautiful thing that can take place during the sound is all of a sudden you have greater understanding about the gifts. You have greater understanding about how God has gifted you and how he wants to use you to profit all and to build one another up. Here's a few things I believe that God wants to do during the season. I want you to listen to this. The sound is not the Super Bowl. Okay? So it's not like, hey, we're excited about the sound. It goes away and then... It's over with. No, that's why I'm sharing about leading up to the sound 
And then next week, I'm going to be sharing a, a bit I plan on of what do you do after the sound? What do you do with a word? What do you do when a prophet pulls you out and gives you a word of knowledge or you, you receive a prophetic word of, of God downloading in you about, I had a, a, a word given to me before me and Radim was married. I mean, I, me and Radine went into this, uh, these prophets, they were from New York, and they were speaking over our young adults. And they called me out in the middle of it and said I was going to be a prophetic preacher, teacher, or prophetic teacher at the time. And I'm like, I don't even kind of really know what's going on. But you know what? You believe the prophet, and the Bible says you'll prosper. Okay? So it's amazing what God knows about you that you don't know about yourself that he wants to in, encourage you in and release you in. Are you following me tonight? Okay, so I believe a few things can take place at the sound. Here's just a few. Number one, uh, I believe God wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to hear him. Number two, I believe he wants you to learn to know his voice. Number three, to learn more concerning about spiritual gifts. Uh, the different folks coming up, I'm either going to have them share... Uh, preach prophetically what God is speaking to our church when they're preaching or to absolutely preach on the gifts so that you can learn more about the gifts number four be released in your gifting man what if what if God wants to use you to absolutely in some of the gifts that I've listed here and, and you you've never even opened those gifts before well sometimes you bring uh, special folks in they're like special ops and they equip us and release us and they have great faith in areas and uh, it can change our lives and it's absolutely a fact. J.O., I don't believe it. I don't care if you believe it or not. It's a fact. I've, I've been in those atmospheres where people have imparted to me spiritual gifts. You say, J.O., I don't know if that's Bible. Oh yeah, it is. Bible. Paul said, I come to you that I may impart to you a spiritual gift. He told that to the church of Rome, okay? So, number five, sharpening your gifts. Maybe you have a gift God wants to sharpen. Number six, learn the leading of the Holy Spirit. Number seven, teach, encourage, equip, and exhort heart of the city church. Number eight, direction for your possible future and the direction corporately, individually, but corporately as a church. God wants to speak to his people, period. So I want to share with you in these last few minutes is how, how will me and you hear, how will you hear during the sound? Exactly. How will it come about? Number one, I think you're going to hear, you're going to be taught different things. Everyone say teach. There's a great possibility you're going to be taught. So what do you mean by that, J.O.? This is what I mean. There was a young guy and his name was Samuel. And Samuel was a young man. He had never heard the voice of God. And all of a sudden, he's being raised up in the temple under a priest named Eli. And he began to hear the voice of God. And there was someone there that knew the voice of God that began to teach him that is God. Let me give you one of the scriptures. 1 Samuel 3, 4-5. through That the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli. Samuel didn't know it was God. What did Samuel do? He ran to Eli, the priest, thinking it was him talking to him. He says, here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and laid down. He did this four times. And Eli goes, ooh, ooh, I think he's hearing from God. 
He says, hey, next time you hear that, this is what I want you to say. The fourth time Samuel said this, as a young man, said this back to God. He said, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Call this incline in your ear. I had you talking to your neighbor's ear right there. Sometimes we have to have ears to hear. And then Samuel, there's a book in the Bible, 1st and 2nd Samuel. If you remember who anointed uh, King David, who was that? Y'all read your Bibles, right? Okay, go with me. You need to be reading your Bibles. All right? He's the one that anointed David. Okay? This guy became an amazing prophet. Amazing prophet in the day of David and the nation of Israel. Why? Because he heard the voice of, he learned the voice of God. I think that's one way. Number two, just like one of the the very first gift that that was written in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 was the word of wisdom. Say that with me, word of wisdom. J.O., exactly what is the word of wisdom? Let me give you a little, uh, uh, just a little paragraph from Adrian Warnock. I think it's a really good explanation of the word of wisdom. I think it is a direct supernatural act of the Holy Spirit, listen real close, to grant wisdom to a specific believer at a specific time to deal with a specific situation. So there is a kind of a general wisdom that we all have. We all have a general wisdom, but we're talking about a word of wisdom. But there are times when God grants us unusual wisdom. It's a spiritual thing, and the people around recognize that. They say, wow, where did that thought come from? Where did that wisdom come from? Oh, it must have come from God. Okay? So it's wisdom for a specific purpose, time, and season in your life. You may be going through something right now, and one of the prophets pull you out and give you a word of wisdom. Okay? Let me give you an example of that in the Bible. Jesus was constantly challenged by the Pharisees. You remember that? Constantly, they try to totally twist him. They, they th- try to throw a, a monkey wrench constantly. And, and Jesus would always come back with, listen, a word of wisdom. He would come back with a word of wisdom every time. They try to trap him when it comes to the Sabbath. They try to trap him when it comes to eating on the Sabbath. They try to trap him about forgiveness and washings and, and even all kinds of things. But Jesus would come back with a word of wisdom and it completely shut their religious nonsense down. Wow. Wow. How? Word of wisdom. Okay. How will you hear? Number three. A word of knowledge. Okay, what's the difference between a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge? Listen to this. The word of knowledge is understood by most interpreters to be a specific piece of information that God reveals to somebody that they could not have known naturally. Okay? God does something, sometimes speak to us and say that there is somebody here sick in a certain way and believe that can happen, but it's often a lot broader than that. There are different ways that God can speak. Let me give you an example of a word of knowledge in the Bible. Remember when Jesus in John chapter 4, he had to go through Samaria. When he got there, there was a well. He was totally wore out for ministering. And then there was a woman that came to the well And he began to minister to her. 
Okay, they talked about living water. And then all of a sudden, he says this. He says, hey, you're not married now, but you've been married five times. And the guy that you're with right now is not even your husband. What does she do? Oh my goodness, he's told me everything about my life. She goes back and tells the city, you got to come out and hear this guy who's told me everything about me. He didn't tell her everything about but he had a word of knowledge that is like, wow. God will sometimes give you a word of knowledge to wake you up. Okay? I've had words of knowledge for people before. And, and so, you know, it can be very risky. And there's other people in here, I guarantee you, right now, there's people in here that have that gift that you needed to be releasing in your life because it can absolutely, totally change someone for eternity when you have a word of knowledge to someone they're like how you know that well the holy spirit just revealed that to me yeah. okay so jesus used that and it changed that woman's life and then many people in that city came to know jesus why because of a word of knowledge are you following me tonight okay so you may it may you may hear through a word of knowledge number four it could be through prophecy say that with me prophecy it could be through prophecy. Prophecy is the sixth one, sixth one listed in those uh, gifts of nine out of 1 Corinthians 12. What is prophecy? It's a divine disclosure on behalf of the Holy Spirit. It, it's an edifying revelation of the Spirit, sudden insight of the Spirit, prompting, encouraging, comforting, or exhortation. Let me give you, there's all kinds of prophecy in the Bible. There's all kinds of prophets who wrote whole books of prophecy and here's an example of a prophecy and it's actually one of these scriptures is one of the scriptures that we're using for the sound first kings 18 1 says this elisha had a prophecy for the king ahab okay so there had been a drought in the land famine in the land for three and a half years the reason why there was a famine is because this prophet had a word, a prophecy, that it would not rain. Okay? So this guy who started the drought is about with the prophecy to end the drought. The power of prophecy, okay? So this is what takes place. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. What's the word of the Lord? That's a prophecy. And then the third year saying, go present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the earth. Now, when you haven't had rain for three and a half years, that's a big deal. That is a revelation. That's a Holy Spirit prophetic word. And then look, this is one of my favorite verses of the season right now, because I believe that we're in open heavens. And I believe open heavens over our life. I believe open heavens over you. I believe open heavens over our conference sound. Now listen to this. 1 King 18.41 Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is, listen, the sound. The sound. The sound of what? Of abundance of rain. The drought is coming to an end. The drought, I believe that's a prophetic word for people's lives in here. I'm not talking about rain we're not in no drought in Coeur d'Alene but you may be in a famine in your marriage 
You may be in a drought in your work. You may be all famine, droughted out from an addiction in your life, a health problem. I'm here. I feel so strongly that this is a prophetic word for our church. That listen, the sound of abundance of rain coming over individuals' lives. Amen? Because of open heavens. That was a prophetic word. And you know what took place? All of a sudden, the rain came. The clouds got just thick, and the, the rain just started pouring. What does prophecy do? In the New Testament, prophecy does three things. Okay? Everything in the Bible is there for a reason, so things don't have to ever be weird. Okay? 1 Corinthians 14.3 But he who prophesies, look, three things, speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. If that is not taking place out of a man or a woman speaking prophecy, then I don't receive it. Did you hear that? Those three things must be in the New Testament be taking place out of a prophetic word. It is either edifying, it's exhorting, or it's comforting. Let me tell you something else that's real important. Listen to me. Listen to your pastor. A prophetic word must line up with God's word. It's got to. I don't care how cool or how hip or how gangster or how hip, or how hip, or how cool they look. I don't care how they declare it over you. If that word doesn't line up with God's word, throw it out. There's no word that's above God's word. Okay, That prophetic word, when someone has it over an individual, it's got to line up with God's word. Okay, Like for example, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I believe you're about to get a divorce. What? I know where that word was. That word is right there from straight from hell. Okay? So that, that's an extreme uh, case, an extreme example. But what I'm telling you, because some people, they've never been around different things like this. And I want to train. I want, like Paul said, for you not to be ignorant of the gifts and the thing that God wants to do. Okay? Listen to this scripture, 2 Peter 1, 20 through 21, and I'm about done. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so you say, well, J.O., you know, I've never been around prophecy. Uh, I don't like you talking about that. Well, the Bible tells, talks about that, that. It talks about do not despise prophecy. Don't despise prophecy. Just because you don't, haven't been around it or not accustomed to it, don't know it, doesn't mean that it's not real and God wants to, to do it and bless your life and give you direction. Listen to this, 1 Thessalonians 5.20. Do not despise prophecy. Um, it's easy to despise certain things that we don't understand, not willing to learn, because we can get stuck in this word called tradition. Say that with me, tradition. We don't like change. If I was to ask you if you really like change, most people honestly don't like change. Okay, So Mark 7.13 says this. He's talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, and he says this. Making the word of God 
of no effect through your traditions which you've handed down and many such things you do. So a person can get stuck in their traditions of how it's always been and how they were raised and despise prophecy and despise some of the things that God wants to do. And Jesus warns us of that. Number five, this is my last one. How will you hear? Listen to this one. Prophetic atmosphere. Okay? Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, teaching, learning, prophetic atmosphere. Well, J.O., what is a prophetic atmosphere? I'm glad you asked me. Let me talk to you about it in closing here. Um, what, what, it's talk, what prophetic atmosphere to me is this. One day there was 70 elders. And there were 68 that went to the temple, and there was two that stayed in camp, and they began to prophesy. And, and some of the folks went to Moses and said, man, what are they, what are they you know, warned, you know, so forth. Just, you know, they complained about these two guys prophesying in camp because they wasn't in the temple. Listen to Numbers eleven twenty nine. Then Moses said to him, are you zealous for my sake? Oh, that, listen to this really good. This is God speaking to Moses. Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. I'm sorry, that's Moses speaking to the folks that were complaining. Moses saying, I wish that all of God's people would prophesy. Okay, so here's another example. Because in an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit is moving and people are worshiping, all of a sudden, let's, let's say, there's going to be many of you that you will not get called out of the crowd. That doesn't mean that you don't hear from God. You need to hear that. You need to specifically hear that. I've been in, I've been in service before with the Holy Spirit moving in the presence of God. And what it happens because of special anointing upon these ones who they're just, that's just their gifting that you can hear. It's like open heavens. You can hear so clearly what God wants to speak to you. Let me give you another example of this guy named Saul. How many of you ever remember a, a king named Saul? He was the first king of Israel. Now look what took place. It says this, 1 Samuel 10.10, when they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet them. Then the Spirit of God, look at that, prophets, Spirit of God came upon them, and he prophesied among them. Who was he? It was Saul. And that's where the old saying, hey, is, is Saul among the prophets? Why? Because all of a sudden, the Spirit of God fell on these prophets, and here's this king who also prophesied, okay? Now let me give you a few scriptures, and we're going to be done out of the New Testament when it comes to prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14, 31 says, For you all can prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged, okay? God wants that. He wants to build His body up. He wants you to be released in your giftings. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 39 through 40. Therefore, brethren, desire, look what it says, desire earnestly, look, to what? Oh, go with me. Three people's talking to me. Desire earnestly to what? Who's he talking to there? 
He's talking to the whole church of Corinth. He's talking to a whole church in a city. Desire earnestly. Have you ever desired earnestly that? Have you even ever read that in the Bible? That's why I challenge you to be in the Word of God every day. As a pastor, I'm going to challenge you to grow, to go further, to grow further. Because God has such beautiful things in store for me and you. And we don't want to not step into our destiny because of this word ignorance. Or we ignore it. Okay? So he says, therefore, brethren, earnestly desire prophecy. Do not forbid to speak in tongues. Let, look, this is a beautiful key. Let all things be done decently and in order. Y'all know what I say about weird, right? Yeah. I'm allergic to weird. <laughs> but you can have the Holy Spirit, the moving of God, like He's here tonight. Worship His presence. And guess what? It doesn't have to be weird. Sometimes it can be unique in the sense of, I've never seen that before. That's new to me. I didn't know about the words of knowledge. I didn't know about prophecy. I didn't know about words of wisdom. So it may be something new, but it doesn't have to be weird. Amen? Amen. These folks coming will be bringing, be releasing their gifts. This is what a, a night may look like. One may preach for 20 minutes, and then they, they release their gift within them. And then all of a sudden, you may get pulled out as a man. I just feel like God wants to speak this to you, encourage you, and to build you up and to comfort you. And it can change your life. Let me show you the importance in closing. The importance of you knowing the voice of God. Abraham, Genesis 22, 1 through 2. This is our father of faith. It says, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And look what God did. He, this is what Abraham was tested with. And said, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Say that with me, here I am. Wasn't that, isn't that beautiful to hear God's voice to go, here I am, here I am. And look at this. I don't know if Abraham really wanted to hear God this time. I really don't. Look, what, look at the test. You need to know God's voice when you're going through a test. You need to know the God's voice. When you're going through hard times, all hell's breaking loose in your life, you need to know God's voice. If you don't, you'll be like, Oh man, is that my voice? Is that in my emotions? Is that the devil? And you need to know God's voice. Abraham knew God's voice. Look what took place. Look what took place. Tested him, and he said, Take now your son. Look, your only son Isaac, I can't even imagine, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt, look, offering on the, one of the mountains in which I shall tell you. Wow. That's a test. This is a test. This is the emergency broadcast test. Beep, 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 beep. This is a test. And look at verse 10 and 11. Look at this. And Abraham stretched out his hand. Here he is. He takes Isaac up there. Got the wood on top of the mountain. Takes up his hand to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham! Abraham! Look what he said again. So he said, here I am. And he stopped him. If you don't know the story, you should read it. There was a ram there, and he didn't sacrifice his son. God stopped him. But why did you say that story? 
because you need to know God's voice. In the midst of hard times, in the midst of tests, you need to know the voice of God. Amen.